Last time on Burnt Cookbook Party. Wonder when we find out who our squad is. I think it's us, Ruby. One of the women that was sitting on the stage approaches your table and introduces herself as Adrian Mismorn. Wow, what a dame. <laughs> oh boy. I want to apologize to all of you that Bavel Flask Forge couldn't make it here tonight. He is the commander that picked the four of you out. Where's he off to? He's, he's a very busy man, you know, uh, a very important mm-hmm. astronomer. I, I assume that's why he picked all of you. You're all astronomers as well. Um, yeah, not exactly. What? I'm a paladin of Gavlin. That's a, the sun. Yeah, and my name's Astra. I mean, that's <laughs> yeah. star-like, right? That's like a star, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm basically an astronomer, yeah. I mean, maybe she got me confused because, I mean, I am a not-so-minor celebrity. (laughs) A star. I'm a star in my own right. How are you a star, Zelf? Let's call me a rising star, my friend. Leave it at that. (laughs) There we go. Like bread? Like a souffle. Oh, fancy. I think I'm going to go out to Flaskforge's observatory. I don't know. It's just like, I think it's kind of strange that the dude who brought us here hasn't seen us at all. We'd better see who's got our back. Wondering if you had any advice or insight you wanted to offer us. Or, you know, maybe like an explanation as to why we're here. Johnny, none of this matters. None of it matters. That's None not true. It, it all matters. <laughs> I had a whole life over in Begram, and I got your letter. It seemed important. And now you're telling me this whole competition doesn't matter? So is there some reason I'm here that matters? It matters because of random chance. Uh, entropy. What? Yeah, anybody could be here, but it's you. I hate it when people in places of responsibility just shirk it. Like they don't affect the people around them. Hey, man, you never know who's got a secret life. I don't know. I'm an open book, man. If I don't come back for any reason, just take this letter and my journal to a woman named Giha. She's a fortune teller at the the Aerosol Traveling Circus. And just to be clear, this is for her eyes only. So don't try any schemes. Scheming fucking bunch I got this time. She can read an object's history just by touching it. So don't go trying to secretly read it first. It's private and she'll see it the second she puts her hands on it. You guys got me? Totally. I did take Bobble's journal that he had written and the letters he had written that we were supposed to definitely certainly not look at and only hold on to in case he dies and Astra <laughs> really wants to get into those because yeah, she's bored. He says it's important that somebody that he trusts stays in Shadowend and he asks her if he were to die as he has many times previously that she take over his position as commander in this stead. The letter says that Bobble's <laughs> saying that he has died a bunch? Yes. Oh. Okay, that's unusual. Yeah, that don't make no sense. Inside of this journal are uh, scientific type of notes and drawings of the planets, things that you may expect to find in uh, an astronomer's notebook. He is tracking an asteroid belt that kind of has shown up out of nowhere it seems to be orbiting around the nearest planet to Irisol, but it doesn't seem to be affected by the gravity of Irisol at all. He reaches out immediately to other astronomers that he knows, but he finds that a lot of them have gone missing. Mm. As he returns to Fort Advent, Shadowwind, he details events 
very differently than you remember. For one thing, he shows up um, and he's very excited to meet his squad, which is four people that are not the four of you. Oh. Astra, as you flip through the journal, it seems to be repeating itself. The journal entries stop and then they restart again on the first of Idius. Towards the end of it, Bavel seems to sort of start giving up. The entries stop being like detailed accounts of his time and just lists of new squads that he's trying. So just the names of four people he's just throwing out there uh, to see if things are any different. Is the last entry a list of our names? No! Justin? It is indeed. We're a new combination. Um, That's a lot. This is awesome. Um, it's so much. Both Astra and Jenna are panicking. How many entries are there? If you had to give me a guesstimate. I would say there's 20 detailed loops where he's really trying. And then there's probably a good 60 just lists. Holy shit. (laughs) So roughly from where it starts to when it ends, how much time is that? Like weeks or months? So normally he makes it about two months. And the asteroid belt and the journal seem to be the only things that are not affected by this. So he's able to track at the start of, of each of his loops, a year has passed, even though it's just the same day again. His squad in the first time that he's gone through this, the first loop, if you will, they cast this spell on the journal and it keeps the journal going throughout the time loops. But not necessarily the first loop. If an asteroid belt appeared between the loops, probably quite a lot of time has passed that we have no record of. Really (laughs) very upsetting, Justin. You see the tea on Astra's tray grow cold and her frozen to the spot, flipping through really intently this journal, increasing panic, desperately wish she hadn't opened the journal. <laughs> I think one of the problems might be that Flaskforge started trying to selectively save people and the reason why he is where he is right now is because he stopped caring. I think we have to be like true to ourselves. You know, maybe this is a way to to right wrongs of the past and oh. create a better future for all of us. Patty's kind of stoked about it, honestly. Whoa, Patty, that's like a stoic philosophy. Pavel said that the first class did some kind of spell to place it outside of time. Can I make an arcana check to get a sense that there is some kind of mysterious magic? You are definitely able to determine that the journal is enchanted. And more importantly, you find the ritual itself written inside. It will take time to learn it, but it's there for you to attempt to cast in the future. Hell yeah. Oh, sweet. You also find entries detailing two other attempts to cast the ritual, aside from on the journal. So there was one attempt where they tried to cast it on Bavel. (laughs) However, it didn't work, and it ended up turning him into an old man. A couple of the people who were attempting to help cast it turned old. Some of them turned into babies. Babification. They think that it can be done, that the ritual can be cast on a person. However, they didn't do it well. And so that was like a backlash from failing to do it correctly. So later, Glorahan's squad gets possession of the journal. Glorahan casts the ritual onto her bedroom in Fainalin. Oh, after New Haven. Abraham is the only person who's still alive from the squad. And at that point, he is one boy. Sad. He stays in the room as time resets and he keeps his memories. 
but also a second Abraham appears, reverted back to a blank slate in his own home where he normally starts the loop. Oh. Cool. At the end of this new loop, Abraham doesn't make it back to Glorhan's room, and this time both boys reset. No memory of why there are now two of them. So the first loop mentioned in this book is only the first loop that Bavel's aware of. It could have looped hundreds or thousands of times before, and the only loop that is different for us is this one, because he randomly chose us to be on this team. So our only chance to change time for the greater good is this one. Oh, Zelf. Oh, you've made it so much worse. The other thing we could do is try to piece out this ritual, cast it on ourselves, but we'll need time for that. You're not putting it on me. The ritual isn't going to work if we do it on ourselves. (laughs) I don't think that we are more competent than the people who originally did the spell is the problem. Zelf, maybe you disagree? Uh, Zelf's plan is to learn the ritual so that he can create a second journal. That way he can stay in the know through the loops. Pearl is tending to Abraham, who's barely conscious. He's clearly, like, just racked with pain. Bro! I'm gonna go check him out. Johnny's a healer. I've used all the healing spells that I know, and they haven't done anything. It's just, he wasn't injured at all, but after Neven was killed, he just started wasting away. I I think all we can really do is keep him comfortable. Classic fantasy (sighs) twin shared life syndrome. One of them is the duplicate that was created. This might be outside of our wheelhouse. Bavel is convinced that the meteorite is a sign from the gods, specifically the god Hibdal, who's like the god of chaos. He's also like a a god of space and a god of travel, and he believes that Hibdal is calling him to become a demigod, that the gods are trying to intervene on whatever this time loop is, and he has been chosen, and increasingly he believes so. (laughs) Are you familiar with the events of the Great War, when each god in the pantheon picked a champion on Eurasol? and empowered them with mythic ability. Yeah, of course. It seems like now, with a new war on the horizon, all of those previous supposedly immortal demigods are dying. Oh. He says, for sure I know that Gaffinrit is dead, and that the last thing he did before he died was bring this meteorite to Nantarum. I think he was trying to find me. Why? Demigods are pretty new on the scene. A few things seem to be common with them, that there's some sort of artifact, and that connecting with that artifact allows you to gain inspiration from the god to turn you into a demigod. Cool. You've been doing the same thing for hundreds of time loops. You're trapped in your own thinking. You need the perspective of a chef, a guy who doesn't think at all, somebody who might be a charlatan, an anarchist radical. Somebody who embodies pure chaos to figure out the role of this chaos god, Meteorite. Yeah, and a legitimate publisher. (laughs) I don't know who the charlatan you were talking about was. Bobble, through pure chance, you've gathered the party of pure chaos. And I don't want to just get forgotten in another time loop. She's going to withdraw the journal and make a note in the journal that if things go really bad, refind us. You just drew a target on our heads for whatever erosion agent steals the journal later. Ah! I'm sure you guys have seen the ritual in the journal at this point. Not many people have been able to pull it off, but when they do, somehow it tends to draw a huge target on their backs. I won't ask you to take that risk. Good. But if you did, it'd be damn useful. Nah. 
If the time loop comes to an end, are you comfortable knowing that you'll be reset and have no memory of any of this? Maybe that's some kind of freedom. I honestly don't know these days. But that's going to be something you guys are going to have to decide for yourself. I'm fully prepared to cast the ritual of the least on myself. I'm not going to lose this opportunity in the waves of time. You guys approach the church. It is a church of Hibdal. What is really holy is trying to surprise Hibdal. Act of chaos is a sacrament. <laughs> this is the church for us, guys. Let's also not pray, though. That makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I don't know what their deal is. Let's just back out. As a new devotee of this religion, I support that because the expected thing to do would be to come in and pray. But we're going to come in and not pray. Whoa. That is in keeping with my new religious beliefs that I just adopted right now. Wow. Determining the journal's authenticity is pretty high on Astro's list. Yeah, so you find things in the journal that you do feel are actually suspect. There's a section of the journal where about four pages have been removed. You find one passage that's been heavily edited, like someone has taken like black ink and just marked out entire paragraphs. Gosh, what I want to do is I want to see if I can create some kind of alchemical or food-related substance that will lift away the black mark to reveal what had been written underneath it. Once it's gone, you see that it was written not by Bavel, but by his friend Giha. First, she made a mistake of using her psychometric powers on it so she touches it to see its history and then she's rendered comatose for three months oh man oh, so shit. she's <laughs> able to confirm to bavel that he was successful in becoming the demigod of hibdal oh. but that it didn't stop the time loops like he had hoped hmm. all it did was really draw a target on his back from this like group of adventurers that is calling themselves the ministry of the fleeting zodiac whoa whoa this ministry fervently believes that the only way to end the time loops is to sever all ties between Irisol and the gods. Ooh. So that means killing all of the wow. remaining demigods, destroying all of their artifacts of inspiration. Yeah, great. Giha, she believes that they're not evil people, but people who really believe that they're doing what needs to be done, that this is the only way to stop the time loop. Wow. However, the longer she spends with them, the more she fears that stopping the time loop is maybe not worth the actions that they're taking to accomplish it. Because hmm. they're killing good and neutral demigods. She's also terrified to learn just how many repeating events in the loops are like painstakingly orchestrated by them <laughs> in order to like streamline their goals. Oh, oh my God. God. So overall, the journal passage is just a- an attempt to convince Bavel to not be so narrowly focused on becoming a demigod. Who would black it out? Somebody deciding that they need Bavel as a demigod. Like, you know, like forming the god connection seems to be the objective of another agency. Well, the book's physicality remains through the loops, so we've already changed the next loop because Bavel's gonna read and find out that he does become the demigod. Johnny, you recognize that this is Glorahan's bedroom. This tear is like a tear in space. The liquid that's coming out of it, it starts to form into like a long appendage. It stabs into your chest, Johnny. You need to make oh, a fortitude no. save. The DC is 13. Oh, oh, no. No. It's a bad one to beef. Johnny is becoming the blue liquid. And he collapses into a puddle on the ground. Oh, my God. Johnny, 
you look around you and you are suddenly in the middle of the desert in Resgris. Oh shit. Before you is a gigantic sphinx. Justin, do I know the sphinx's name? And also, do I remember being in the house? Yes, you remember being in okay. the house. So you are Johnny of the present shunted into your past. Uh, Zelf is going to follow his knees and be like, Johnny, Johnny, fishing around in the weird pool of Kool-Aid. Zelf, as you're collecting this blue liquid, uh, a portion of it starts to reform and Johnny is standing next to you. Oh, reverse Capri Sun. Justin, Zelf could not leave this room without gazing deeply into the portal. You see inside just kind of a blue abyss, endless webbing. Was I there, Zelf, or was I just standing there? No, you looked like you dissolved into blue goo. I wasn't sure you were coming back. What? Whoa. (laughs) It was in Glorahan's room where she cast the ritual. So there's more to this time loop than just a time loop. There's some kind of hole to a realm with time spiders and time webs. Do you want to try some of the goo? I really don't. Wait, do I? No, I don't. As he's talking, the tubes are filled with a strange blue liquid, mm. which pumps from the chair into Airless' body. Oh, <gasps> <fuck>. <gasps> oh, oh, wow, that's fucked up, though. Because <laughs> that implies that he has like some sort of time spider farm where he's getting all this juice from. Or something. I think that time spider juice is an excellent addition to any smoothie. She has a map of Olvidel Palace, which she kind of unrolls on a large table. The regent has stockpiled many divine artifacts that could be used to improve society and extend our lives. Tetra, you are familiar with the regent. Her name is Giha. <gasps> she is a very powerful caster. Giha. Uh, and she is kind of in charge of like a new philosophy of magic. <laughs> she believes that divine magic is actually not from gods, but from the planets and that these powers are drawn from there and so that you don't need to just follow one god you can technically get that same divine power from any of the planets at will couldn't help but notice there weren't any churches in town now listen you might think that i'm judging you when i say it like this but i'm not Did you just ask us to break into the palace and steal something? Inside of the vaults, you see a huge round room. There is embossed on the floor like a golden tin-pointed star. This room is another starscape. Ogavia is going to take this opportunity to grab one of the staffs from the display. Each of them have like meteorite rocks like embedded into the staff itself. This bitch. No, I love it. Wait, which one did she grab? Each one of them has a variety of stones that seem to represent a random assortment of gods combined into one. Interesting. This is such a weird thing for a regent who doesn't believe in religion and doesn't support religion to have. In their basement. And I'm very suspicious. Yeah, That's weird, right? It's also a weird thing to steal. I mean, the gods are just planets, and what we think are gods are crystal energy. Really, she's a new age crystal therapist. A group of four beings on the horizon make their way over. It's Molny. Johnny calls out to Molny, and he points. That was Aretas the Blood Mage who has taken on uh, the divine inspiration of Lunas. Catherine Ritt uh, strides over to where Aretas is still trapped, and he swings the crystal-shafted sword down and decapitates Aretas. Whoa! 
It's complicated, and I don't have much time. Your divine felineness. I believe that you are in imminent danger. I think the demigods are being hunted. I think somebody is using the sword to chop off demigods' heads. Just like you showed me at Ovidel. He's like, well, Johnny, I can relieve your fears about one thing. The god killer sword, it's perfectly safe. Okay. We hidden it, and the only way to get to it is you need a key from all four of us. And I have my key. You guys are watching uh, Rabiol performing like mind surgery on Johnny. This This psyche is fractured pretty badly, and there's something on the other side trying to slip through those cracks. It's very alien. What? Possibly from another plane entirely. What? What is it? Does it have a name? Rabiol begins choking, and he grabs at his chest, doubling over, and from his mouth, you see a spindly blue leg. It's Time Spider. One of the arms of the Time Spider stab into Zelf's back, and you realize that you are no longer in Rabiol's palace. You are inside of the Gastrodome, where the chairman's training took place for years with his apprentices. Zelf is going to go over to Groton, and he says, don't ask any questions. Remember what I'm about to tell you. Watch out for Paltra Mimosa. Oh my god. He opens his mouth to say something to you, but then he catches on his breath and you see a blue time spider arm start to come out of his mouth. Before it solidifies in any way, you are jolted back into the present and your body reforms right where you were left. Speaking of paradoxes, I think that might be what these time spiders are. They're a product of the loop self. Whenever something strange happens in time, they just start appearing. Well, what strange thing happened to cause them to come out of Radual? It's when he looked into Johnny and saw that there was something else in there. Someone else in there. I wasn't necessarily expecting that to happen, but I'll have to remember it for next time. For next time? Next time loop? We've got to get to Nantrum. We've got to save Bavel. We've got to make sure that he gets to where he's going. No, no, no. We we need to talk about who is this person in front of us. My full name is Johnny Anaj. Johnny Anaj. God, that's a good name. I mean, it's backwards Johnny. That's certainly who he is. Reminds me a lot of Zitrix. And Johnny winks at you. Johnny. Yeah. How much do you know about the loops? There's a lot of them. I've been through it a lot, Self. You have. You're not with the Ministry, are you? No, I'm not. Unless we get Bobble to become the next manifestation, we all lose. The loops will stop. It's a trap. What are you using the loops to do? I'm trying to run in a circle, Self, until I can get out of it. And right now, the way it's going, I'm going to reach a dead end. So I've got to keep the circle going. I hope all of you understand this does represent a unique opportunity to learn more about these time loops and advance our position. Johnny claps. Thank you, Zelf. Thank you. I think that's one of the most sensible things you've all said here. Johnny, would you mind handing the crown of Lunas to me? Mm. I don't know if I trust you with it, Zelf. You see, I'm already a demigod. I can't put it on and get anything. What? Hold on for a moment. If you're talking about Molni. No, I'm talking about Zitrix. You were right. How is this possible? 
I can see the power in you, but the doom weapon, it, it, it still lives. Come on now. Nothing can truly be destroyed, right? When you are out on the town collecting gossip and rumors, you get a rumor that someone has been asking questions about the Ministry of the Fleeting Zodiac. It does not take much effort for you as Patty Hertz to determine that this individual is Zelf who is doing this. I've been told what these Mjolnir battle chefs are like. They're troublemakers. <laughs> I do think it's in everyone's interest if Bavel is kept from reaching further harm. He said he'd be in on harm in three days. Up on the ledge where the meteorite is, there is flowing green energy and it takes the shape of various humanoid spirits of all different sizes and races, but they all have four arms. That's the one thing that they all have in common. Among the spirits that are floating around, you see one living, breathing person, though, and that is Nerissa, who is a pink-haired girl from Shadow End. Girl, what are you doing in this cave? What is going on here? I came to help Bavel ascend. Who are these people in the goop? Why do they have so many arms? What are you talking about, Patty? I don't see any people. Oh. Yes. Oh, God. Yes. You can feel just confusion setting in. You can hear slowly the voices coming together, uh, just saying, embrace it, embrace it. Everything is complete insanity. Everything she thought she knew is wrong. It's time to embrace the insanity and just become one with it. Looking up, you see four individuals. They are all wearing blue robes, on their chest, there is a gold ten-pointed oh. star. Oh, no. You see them, but they do not seem to notice you. They are focused on a chant, some sort of ritual. One of the four robed individuals leaps down from the perch that they're at. It is the one that is holding the crystal sword. Oh. This individual drives it into the meteor from above, like floating <gasps> down. This sword slides into it like butter and creates like a, a cracking effect that spreads slowly at first, but then across the entirety of the meteor. And from the cracks, blue liquid begins to pour out of it. Oh my God. It's like a giant hard candy with a liquid center. It's a giant gusher. It's a gusher. It's a stale gusher. Full of spiders. All of the green spirits that have been building up in this room, it's like a gust of wind comes from the meteor and they're thrust out. Patty, you disappear with them what? as they're pushed out of this space. Oh my god! What? Patty just became a magical girl! The blue liquid continues to flow out of this meteor like a fountain. There seems to be no end to it. Absorbing whatever it touches, everything is becoming blue liquid. Even the man with the crystal sword. Oh. The three remaining individuals at the top in their blue ministry robes watch this as well. Two of them are at peace, staring down. The third one uh, is like a tiny child. This child removes their mask, and it is uh, about a seven-year-old self. Oh, what? Child self. He's just staring into this cosmic force in front of him. 
and he slowly shakes his head as the blue liquid rises up over his feet. Patty hurts from where you're standing on this foreign planet looking out at this asteroid belt. Past that, you see a small planet in the distance that turns entirely blue and then implodes in on itself into nothingness. <gasps> Holy yeah. shit. Wow. While I, Caitlin, am astounded, I think that ghost spirit Patty finds it kind of beautiful. It feels like a few seconds and an eternity all at once. And then, Patty, you watch it rebuild itself from nothing. And then it solidifies into aerosol, as if nothing had ever happened. 